back to uh, your first memories, I'm sure that you would see something that is not as it was so many years ago, perhaps. Um, this is certainly happening and has happened with me, almost to the point of my reworking things that at one stage in my journey were almost sacrosanct, or if not to that extreme, just accepted pretty much without questioning. But what has happened over the years that specifically surrounds not only Christmas, but Easter and points in between, is, is an alignment of my thoughts and beliefs with a degree of logic that of itself continues to shift and move about. More and more I find myself catching glimpses of thoughts or ideas that then have a global kind of effect on so many things in my life. How about you? The thing I notice with so many people is that they really don't want to rock their boat too much because they almost intuitively know that once the dominoes begin to tumble, that there is no stopping them. And that might make them weird or might even make them weirder within their circle of friends. Or perhaps yet they may begin to lose a God of their belief that might even then prompt the scriptural cry, they have taken away my Lord and I know not where they have laid him. And I use the word a God specifically because in all probability, they also discovered that the God they worshiped really never existed in the first place, complete with the pronoun he and the anthropomorphic imagery. The spiritual journey that is defined within the broad term metaphysics is one that eventually brings everyone who continues to delve within its tendons to places of initial discomfort that then morph into joy, places of questioning that become knowing, places of uncertainty that become a very stable platform, only to then have all the ducks get out of the row again. And the cycle begins as joy has tinges of discomfort, knowing is again questioned, and our stable platform of belief again has fault lines of questioning. More than one person has expressed to me that once they begin to expose themselves to the metaphysical or the active side of reality, that, that all hell broke loose in their lives. And they often long for the time prior to when they rock the boat of their beliefs that now, while retrospectively was narrow and unfulfilling, presented to them at least, if a cut and dried cookie cutter set, a stable platform that was their religion. The metaphysical view into things, you see, stripped away religion for many, but it was then translated, transmuted into spirituality. And once this inoculation takes, really takes, there's no going back. No longer is there an old rugged cross to cling to, nor uh, see and experience Jesus as our Savior and King. Now, saying this this morning, if you are hearing this and really hearing this and there are feelings surfacing within you that are not comfortable, can we at least explore this a little bit this morning? In a few moments, you can always discard everything that you hear as poppycock, even heresy, and you can forget that you even were here. <laughs> Religiosity departs from some people with great difficulty. Some believe that if they questioned the old-time religion that was good enough for whomever in their past, that this is the real heresy. 
however you are here this morning in a very metaphysically oriented church that focuses on spirituality, not religiosity, and hence our awakening to it. Now let's understand that we are where we are, and where we are is just perfect for this moment. And yet we are learning <clears throat> that because the underpinning of the universe is light and goodness, that whenever we feel discomfort in any area of our lives, and specifically as it interacts with what we call our points of spiritual understanding, the opportunity is for us to pause and examine it, for it is giving us indication that we are feeding something within our energies that is out of alignment with who and what we really are. A question this morning to you, as we sang our very Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, a moment ago, did anything rise to the surface within you as you were wondering what you were singing and why the words were there? You know, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, the Savior reigns, makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. Anything sort of bubble up questioning to the surface of your mind as these words, concepts were placed to music? So many other Christmas as well as Easter kind songs could be cited in this particular way, but this one will suffice for this morning. Let's visit the word metaphysical again and make sure we all know what it means and therefore what unity and new thought are all about as we move toward bringing it into a focus within this event that we call Christmas this morning. How, are you aware recently, this last week, that the Archbishop of Canterbury recently said that the nativity, as we would ideally picture it today, is a legend? That raised some British eyebrows over there. That the convergence of the virgin who gave birth in the stable in the presence of sheep and other animals who were then found by magi and uh, as they followed a star that only they could see whose birth was celebrated by angels who sang to shepherds and more the convergence of this these probably never happened as the composite of matthew's and uh, luke's gospels might indicate even the placement of the birth of Jesus in December was for convenience so as to coincide with existing celebrations. The virgin birth was borrowed from <clears throat> numerous other legends, and even the physical place called Bethlehem is questioned by some, as there is a city that was called Bethlehem closer to Nazareth. It's an abandoned place now. But if a journey to Bethlehem was required, this would make more sense especially if you were the pregnant Mary. These things make good stories and good basis for hymns and song, but it also points the focus on things as they were 2,000 years ago, and while something indeed happened, I don't have a doubt whatsoever that the one then called Jeshua and now referred to as Jesus was again indeed born and did so very much even after we factor what we know happened to historical accuracy of the Gospels. Something happened, but that something cannot be brought vicariously into today unless we provide it a vehicle, and the only vehicle we have is us. All of this hinges, I guess, on one's understanding of John 3.16, because if that is taken literally, 
and its words given the same weight value as their usage within our language today, then the song we just sang, Joy to the World, is so totally and literally accurate, right on the mark. God is indeed this anthropomorphic being who orchestrated one of his messenger angels to appear unto Mary and cause her to be with child. Within some circles, it is even taught that she was impregnated somehow through her ear canal. For anything to do with the other orifice, I'm trying to be sensitive, even in the presence of an angel, was just too much to even be possible for, as she was also called, the mother of God. Then indeed, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king, the Savior reigns, and he makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and more. For this being literally true, we also get all the byproducts of a possible date with an eternal punishment if we don't get things exactly right. Pain now, payment later, and the list goes on and on. Metaphysically, what if, what if, what if the writer of John, even if translations were <clears throat> messed up at a later date, was speaking to a concept that even he didn't completely understand, and while it came out, only begotten Son. You know the scripture, 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not, etc. But what if it came out only begotten Son and it was actually referring to an eternal idea that is ever present within source energy, staying away from the term God for a moment because of all the meanings that are there. An eternal idea that is ever present within source energy that is innate within all creation and speaks to the blueprint of unlimited potential that is as much within a one-celled organism as it is within man and woman. This is what unity believes and teaches. A further what if. What if this eternal idea that is innate within all creation, this sun or idea, is continually of itself increasing and expanding? Isn't this called evolution? Friends, we were not plunked down here in one fell swoop some 4,000 or so years ago. The leading edge of the expansion of all that is has worked up to what we are today and the best is always yet to be. What about Genesis? Well, each major set of the philosophical thought that we call religion has its story of beginnings. They had to come up with something in order to allow themselves to be believed and then followed. But at some point, enlightenment cuts in. So regardless of what happened or didn't happen some 2,000 plus years ago or even nine months prior to that, Regardless of when it happened or where, a baby was born, perhaps even foretold by at least some of the cited Old Testament scriptures, but not as the only Son of God, but as one who brought with him in consciousness a knowing, a seeking, a questioning that was answered. And from the answers he received, the energy he embraced, taught, and did the other things that exemplified the who and the what he knew he was in God and the who and the what he knew God was in him, through him, as him. And from this awareness, told that we would do likewise. This awareness, this knowing is called Christ. It is a title given to one who knows and knows that she knows. 
Many Christs have walked among us, almost always without fanfare, but leaving in their wake that which is called love. So Jesus isn't your savior. You must be that for yourself, but not in the context that you are flawed and must be saved from that. But if you like the word, then savior in the context of consciously knowing and aligning the self with the light, the abundance, the peace, and the joy that is what God is. So Jesus is not your Lord. He is indeed elder brother, example, way shower, but not Lord that then makes you a second-class being in the universe and subservient in a hierarchical sense. So Jesus isn't king of the world or of anything that would negate what he said about his kingdom being not of this world. And the nations of the world are not each called upon to follow and prove his righteousness and become good little Christians. Each is right and perfect right where they are. Something happened, and that something continually points to a something that we can also do and be for the idea that was present in Jesus is equally present within us. For like him, we are also an extension of pure source energy here on the leading edge of the expanding universe. And the more we operate from a conscious awareness of this fact and truth, or said another way, the more we allow the idea that is Christ to be born in the nitty gritty, in the, in the, uh, in the trenches of our experience, the more we will see the evidence of seas parting for us, of everything always working out for us and all the rest. Indeed, though the idea of Christ a thousand times in Bethlehem be born, unless that idea is awakened in me, I am not who I can become and be. But let's not cross out what Matthew and Luke wrote. It indeed may not be historically accurate per se, but metaphysically, we can draw from each a reminder of what we can do and be to enhance the awakened idea of Christ within us. Mary is the one who gives birth, and Mary, as the feminine, represents the feeling nature. And here is where all awareness is born. It is said she was virgin who gave birth to a son. Metaphysically, this has nothing to do with the physical realm of our sexuality, but speaks to the aspect of purity in our focus of allowing who we truly are to come forth. Shepherds watched their sheep, their flocks, and as the masculine represents the thinking nature within us and the wise monitor and guide their thoughts to keep watch over them. The Magi brought gifts representing our gifts of knowing our eternal nature, our precious nature, and the sweetness of our oneness with our source. The, the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem represents a journey that need not be measured in distance after being impregnated with an idea to where and when we give birth to it. And as consciousness is translated into the physical realm, it need not be an arduous journey, for Mary was given the best that society offered at that point in time, a donkey upon which to ride. If the story was written today, it might very well be represented by a chauffeured ride in a limousine. The angels sang the eternal song of awakening, 
And so is there within us that which sings through our emotions that if we listen to it, will always guide us to what is positive and good and enthusiastic. The star that only the Magi could see is, of course, the inner star within us that will always make the crooked places straight and point our way to wonderful occurrences and happenings. The cave stable tells us that when an idea of divinity is first born, and this is sequential, it's born many times as we unfold our journey, they aren't yet strong enough to be exposed to the world generally. And even this, they need protection. They need the swaddling garments until they are strong. So much more. However, this Christmas, save at least a brief moment for introspective musing as you move closer to the knowledge that like our elder brother, you too are the pure source energy who has extended a portion of what you are, who you are, here on the physical leading edge of the expansion of the universe and that you can never get it wrong because you never get it